0: New news item, breaking news item: ABBA is doing a new album in November. Which, d- d- yeah, I want this right now.
1: Do we think it'll be good, though?
0: <laughs> I don't. If they got it. the
1: right songwriters on board, I'd be excited. But
0: yeah, it, it it wouldn't surprise me at all. But wait, hang on, what are they actually doing here? The new songs will also be played during the band's virtual concert, also titled ABBA Voyage, which will open next year in a specially built arena in London
2: so it's a virtual tour but they have a special built arena
0: that's odd the, the so <laughs> the, the so-called abatars uh, were designed oh my God. by industrial light and magic the visual effects company founded by star wars creator george lucas
2: Oh my god this is just getting weirder and weirder. Did I actually wake up this morning or am I just still in a weird dream?
0: Um I'm doing I'm doing a director here. <laughs> We're going to rip up the new segment and just do this because this is brilliant. A vaccine dream. This is just beautiful. A yeah,
2: vaccine hallucination. <laughs>
1: Hello, and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will, and on the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. Jess. Hello. And Tom. Hello. This week, we are going to be talking about uh, some quality road trip music. We've got the upcoming releases that you need to know about. But first, I want to know why everyone's been listening to James, let's kick off with you.
3: Um, This week, I've been listening to the Metallica Blacklist. Um, this hasn't been properly released yet. Um, it's due to release on the 10th of September, but there is a pre-release. Basically, this album is just a load of covers of popular Metallic, um, Metallica songs, but they're covers from quite famous artists. So I'll go through uh, um, through a few of them. So we've got Biffy Clyro, there's Miley Cyrus, there's Phoebe Bridges. There's also, which I kind of liked, there's also like international artists as well. So we have... A Colombian artist called, I think it's pronounced Juanes or Juáne. I got all of it. Um, and yeah, just there's just a load, a load of artists and a load of songs. And there's multiple covers, covers of the same song as well. Um, I imagine Metallica just went out to the artist and said, just cover one of our songs and that's why there's repeats. Nah. Yeah, not all of these songs are released yet, as I said, but they are on Apple Music. Um, but some I want to... Uh, mention uh, the cover from the Colombian artist one is um, he did a cover of Enter Sandman and this is one of the covers that kind of just changes a lot of the song Um, the time signature is really weird it's really jarring but it's it's a really nice cover but there's also a cover of Enter Sandman, Sandman by Weezer which they pretty just they pretty much just copied the original but it's still fun. When will
2: Weezer stop?
3: yeah exactly. someone stop them um royal blood did a um cover of sad but true everybody mentioned the biffy Clyro cover of holier than thou and two i want to mention particularly are um two nothing else matters covers one of them is done by phoebe bridges and she just <laughs> phoebe bridges size is it <laughs> you know it just sounds like very Phoebe Bridges song. And if it wasn't originally Metallica's song, you would think it was her song, you know? Um, Yeah, I I really enjoyed that cover. It's it's very different, um, but yeah, she turns it into her own really well. Um, The other cover of Nothing Else Matters, which is like one of my favourite Metallica songs, um, by the way, is done by Miley Cyrus. And yeah, I think her voice like fits this song so well. And it sounds like, because most of the song is actually very similar to the original, but just replacing Metallica's um, sound with Miley Cyrus, it just works really, really well. And other artists that feature on that, that's cover in particular are Elton John, um, Chad Smith, uh, Yo-Yo Ma, uh, who's a cellist. Um, so yeah, really, really big names. And it just show you, shows you how much kind of influence Metallica have and how far their their songs go in the um industry. So yeah, that, that's what I've been listening to. I I would recommend just listen to all of the covers that are, are out now because they're not all out so it's quite quite an easy way to get through. But yeah, don't listen to the same song um two of the same covers in a row. I would I won't recommend that. But yeah, have a listen to that. See which one you like because I I don't I haven't seen an artist do this before and I really do like it.
0: Just one question. What on earth is Elton John doing there? Playing piano.
2: His best. <laughs>
0: I, don't know what, I don't know whether that's really wholesome
3: Jess or a little bit harsh. It could be one or the other. It could be both. <laughs> I guess he just wanted to join in <laughs> and he's playing. I, I haven't really looked much into the background of um, how they got these artists together, but I imagine they cont- contacted many of them and... Some probably overheard from others.
0: Hello, we're Metallica. Do you want to play one of our songs?
2: Now, Alton John's great, though. I've got if no I was a, hard yeah, feelings yeah.
3: There. If I was a big artist and I got contacted by Metallica, I'd be like, yes, before they say anything else.
1: This is the band that's played a gig on every continent. Do you want to play our song? <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's 50-50, right? Either they're going to ask you to cover a song or or Lars is suing you, so... (laughs) It is, that's true, it's one or or the other. I mean, generally
0: you're okay as long as you're not like a, you know, streaming service.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, Like you said, James, I don't think I've ever seen another artist do this, so it's like a nice concept. And there's so many covers, which is quite funny, I hadn't really seen that. Reena Sawayama covering Enter Sandman, I definitely want to hear. That's the one that stood out to me as something that is going to be fun, I reckon. But now, yeah, I think the Miley Cyrus cover is actually really good as well. I did hear it on the radio. And um I remember a few weeks back, I mentioned Miley Cyrus covering a Nine Inch Nails song and saying how that was like a good cover. I think it's almost like a similar concept, I guess. She's yeah. got a good voice for it, which I feel like you wouldn't have thought that a few years back based on what she was doing. But yeah, it's just somehow like turned out to actually be a really good mix, which is cool.
0: If Elton John has done a... Metallica cover, does that mean Metallica are now going to do an Elton John cover?
3: Oh, please. <laughs> I'll pay for that.
0: I, yeah. I won a heavy metal version of Crocodile Rock. I need this in my life. That's like, that's <laughs> a whole metal. circle. That's genuinely one of the first songs I remember like properly listening to. I need this in my life right now. Go
2: guitar, go out and do it, Tom.
1: Yeah, but I'm not Metallica. This, <laughs> this is the problem. You could be, if you just believed in yourself,
2: yeah, I, in your heart, d- we are all Metallica.
1: I,
0: I could be if I believe in myself, Will, but like most millennials slash Gen Zs, I don't. That's the problem.
3: <laughs> wow, it's got real deep, real fast.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's move on. Yeah, really quick Mo- into Move the show. on. Tom, what have you been listening to? I've been listening to Toto by Toto. Um, I seem to remember at some point I mentioned um Africa in passing. I can't remember why. I may have done it multiple times. It is Africa by Toto. It's a very good song. But I seem to remember I thought that was the only good song they've ever done. It turns out I need to eat humble pie because they're actually a very, very good and uh, very skilled band. I've got into the back catalogue of Steve Lukather, who is the guitarist of Toto and is also uh, a fantastic session musician and has been on loads of um albums which I never ever realized he was on in the first place uh which is really inspiring and it's very annoying because I will never be as good a guitarist as Steve Lukefer is um but I decided to go back and listen to some of Toto's back catalogue and I believe this is their first album from 1978 it's a self-titled album from 1978 anyway I was really really surprised by it um I don't know what I was expecting going into it, um, but actually I was really blown away. There is a lot of um, really ambitious songwriting here. There are lots of um, styles and themes going on. The first track has this kind of cinematic, slightly medieval vibe to it, which is very peculiar, but I'm loving it. Um, And then we just jump straight into um, some funk and rhythm music we've got r&b in there we've got um a whole um sort of i don't even know how to describe them like you know basically like elton john piano rock in hold the line later on in the album really really good really diverse um but still feels like a cohesive unit the production value is really there and it kind of glues the whole thing together somehow uh it's been really really cool i'm still exploring this i still need to discover a bit more about it and uh, get used to it, but it's on constant repeat. I really, really love this album, Toto by Toto.
2: Can confirm, hold the line is a bop. Hold the line, love isn't always on time. I'm, I'm not joining in, but you go through
3: it. I was doing the same thing in my head, so don't mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the thing everybody is now. I've got, I've got, I've started people off now. Right, Jess,
1: what have you been listening to?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about the album this week to talk about. Um, it's called Electronic Music, Tar and Setar, by Dariush Dolat Shahi. So this is an album from 1985, and the title basically just described what it is. Um, a tar is an instrument in the lute family from Iran, and setar is similar, but it's got three strings, whereas a tar has four. And they're both used in Persian classical music, so it's quite a musical education for me, because I haven't really listened to this sort of thing before, but um, I really, really liked it. So a bit of background information... Darius was born in Iran, he studied Persian folk music um, when he was young and he did like continuing education in music at different universities and then eventually in the late 70s he came to Columbia University in the US and kind of was more exposed to electronic music and this is where this album was recorded and I guess inspired. So why do I like it? Um, the fusion of traditional electronic music is just its so fresh, it's so great, it sounds really modern despite being from the 80s. Um, But yeah it's using like age-old instruments and techniques but it's all blended together so well um the synth side of it is quite simple it's kind of almost primitive like these pulsing effects and drones but it's done with like a good sense of intention like he's got good control over it and he knows what effect he's trying to achieve rather than so simplicity feels like it's a conscious choice rather than just like a limitation of technology uh it's really atmospheric and very hypnotic, which is great, um, helped by the really sharp production of it. You usually to listen to this on headphones to do it justice. I listened to it on speaker first, then on headphones a second time round and like enjoyed it so much more a second time. Yeah, it's quite minimalist. So as I mentioned, like that with the electronic side, but also with the traditional tar side as well. That's only carried by one instrument per song. There's some that have the tar and some that have the sitar Um it's also mentioned in the title of each song, like which out of the three instruments in the title is used, which is quite interesting. Both of them, like the electronic and traditional, have quite this yeah, droney quality, but also a sort of texture to them that makes it all like feel really fleshed out and draws you in really well and makes it feel really complete. And then the third element that I haven't really mentioned is um, is nature recordings. So he uses lots of heavy rain sounds and storm effects and even like birds tweeting and frogs croaking. So this really adds to a sense of sort of place and atmosphere like I mentioned, and you can really close your eyes, get lost in it, and sort of let your imagination take you away uh which is it's yeah, it's a really nice experience to have. There's only five songs and only thirty five minutes long, um despite some of the songs being quite long, I think one of the thirteen minutes, but anyway, it's a good length to sort of be absorbed in it and have this quite like ethereal experience, but also snappy enough that it's not boring, it doesn't drag on so yeah, he put out another three albums after this, so I might have to check those out, but um, i definitely recommend this one because I've been really, really enjoying it. So I thought it was something interesting I wanted to share.
0: Google has just blown my mind, uh, and I don't know how to cope, because setar and sitar and tar are all related to, well, they're all Persian words, and so is guitar. Um... That's just dawned on me and I'm kind of sat here having, not a crisis, but my mind's just been blown. So give me a minute, I'll, I'll come back to us in a minute.
2: Yeah, you know, I hadn't made the connection either, but that is interesting.
0: I, I genuinely didn't realise, but yeah, they must all be, be of Persian um, descent, origin, which makes sense, I suppose. Because it was kind of in the middle of where you relate those instruments to. Guitar seems to be more of a uh, Spanish thing and sitar is more of an Indian thing, but also sitar is more of a... Uh, middle East thing so again kind of congregate in the middle
2: the tar suffix is used and then there's like different just in in limiting us just to Persian stuff apparently there's different versions that have different numbers of strings like I mentioned so like the tar has a longer version of that word it's just shortened to tar because it's like the main one I think so yeah a whole family of words
0: setar is three
3: strings yeah. guitar weirdly is four strings <laughs> uh, which last I checked it isn't six bass maybe <laughs> So when we say, like, seven-string guitar, eight-string guitar, that's, like,
0: an oxymoron. It's not a guitar, it's a different different thing.
1: Oh, is that why, I suppose that's why I clarify. it's a six-string guitar. Back to the album itself. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm quite interested to listen to this one, actually. I I find it quite intriguing when artists go for kind of the harmony of electronic and acoustic elements, particularly in, in kind of more like drone music I'm I feel like I don't hear that a lot because a lot of the kind of more ambient stuff I listen to is purely electronic or uses physical elements but they're not real they're just you know made with a computer anyway I'm quite interested to hear what what they've done on this one
2: yeah I think you'd like it it just it does blend together so well it just feels natural you don't even think it's not like gimmicky
1: uh right this week I've been listening to an old favorite of mine Uh, it is Give Up by the Postal Service. I have it here on CD. It's actually one of my favorite CD packages. This is the 10th anniversary version. It has, like, it has two different booklets. It's, like, quadruple gatefold. Both of the discs have, like, little, like, vinyl-like sleeves that they come in. It's just a very good package. Uh, particularly I've been listening to this record this week, uh because I've been moving house, which means I've been going through all of my CDs to put them back into alphabetical order on the shelves behind me, um, and this one, I guess, stood out, I guess it's maybe a bit cliche at this point to use, but, uh, so they're called the postal service because when they were writing the songs, they were mailing, uh, DAT tapes back and forwards to each other to, like, build the elements up, um, and so i guess that kind of fits for this point that's the cliche bit i was getting to that, that in these times are oh, we're all separated or whatever um but yeah moving house it felt quite um fitting if you don't know the postal service uh they only released one album it's uh wikipedia is describing them as a super group um but they've only got three members and and really two main members uh ben gibbard who you might know as the lead singer from death camp for cutie and Jimmy Tamborello, who you might know as Don't Tell. Um, and then Jenny Lewis uh, provides background vocals on some of the tracks. Uh, so yeah, they released this one album in 2003, and since then they basically did nothing apart from a few live shows and bits up until releasing a live album last year. Um, this album's just great. It Basically, it's kind of this um, very... I mean it's got Ben Gibbard on it, very like indie sounding synth pop record w- with some really catchy tracks on it. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it than that. It kind of kind of all has this slightly amateurish style to it and that's just kind of don't tell style, I guess, where a lot of the drums are kind of like crunchier than you might expect. Um, But it all kind of builds into kind of being more of an emotional record than, like, a technically impressive one, if that makes sense. Yeah, there are some great tracks on there. Uh, Like, We Will Become Silhouettes kind of uh, paints this picture of, like, nuclear apocalypse and kind of relates that back to the emotions that the singer's feeling. Clark Gable's talking about, like, manufacturing love and, like, well, if all you want is, like, the kind of love that you see in the movies, well, he, he like, gets his ex to come in and play the part of the love interest with him being the protagonist. And yeah, it's just, like, a really wholesome listen. I think there are a few weak tracks on there um, that have never really clicked for me. Recycled Air probably being the, the biggest one that I, I don't enjoy. Um, but then there are some great tracks on the... 10th Anniversary Edition that adds some like B-sides and stuff in uh, particularly the track Tattered Line of String which I think is really good and probably should have made it to the album but, you know uh, So yeah, that is one of my favourite albums, Give Up by the Postal Service Big recommend if you haven't listened to it already, which I imagine lots of people will have
0: Seems like quite a bold statement for you as well You know, a favourite album or, or, or at least a highly rated album I don't know whether that feel, whether it is such a big thing, but it, it, it feels like I a, a,
1: a, I don't know, a, a proclamation. That's a very posh word to use. I mean, there are lots of albums that I'd classify un- under that. But also, I, I feel like all of those albums are really, really good. Um, So I, I don't know. I would say that, you know, 80% of the people who listen to Give Up will enjoy it.
2: I've heard about it a lot. It's one of those ones that I've just seen talked about so much but never actually given mm. it a try.
1: And to be honest, I'm kind of glad that they didn't do anything else. Like, I feel like if they ever did a sophomore record, it just wouldn't live up to the debut. I'm kind of all right with them going off and doing other stuff instead. Anyway, let's get on to the news, and we're switching up the news this week. Um, we're trying out something different, so we're going to do a quick rundown of the headlines from the week. So, in the news this week, ABBA are releasing a new 10-song album and virtual concert. Uh, the album is called ABBA Voyage, and comes out the 5th of November. Uh, the band's virtual concert, with the same name, uh, will open next year in a specially built arena in East London. It'll play six nights a week uh, featuring digital versions of ABBA's band members accompanied by a 10-piece live band performing their greatest hits uh, tickets starting at 21 pounds opening at the end of May
2: seems like a weird idea doesn't it but i guess at the same time i've like paid for tickets before to see like bands cover um you know famous artists so i guess it isn't really any different i've like, 21 quid that's not Too bad to see a 10-piece live band for getting the other side of it.
1: That's probably cheaper than going to a lot of the clubs in London, right? True, actually, So if you're thinking about, like, nightlife...
0: I genuinely will consider going there for a night out, because this is exactly why I go out in the first place. Just Just to sing Dancing Queen as loud as I can. This feels like the
1: perfect night, honestly.
3: It's just going to be a karaoke night, isn't it? Group trip.
1: Imagine the person who's there, like, shushing people because they want to listen to the recordings (laughs) of Abba singing (laughs) their greatest hits. (laughs) Right, next up, uh, Lee Scratch Perry has died. Uh, He was a pioneer of dub in the 70s and also worked on a lot of reggae in the 60s and 70s. Uh, He'd also worked uh, throughout his career with popular artists, including Paul McCartney, the Beastie Boys, Moby, and Bob Marley and the Wailers. Next, the BBC will mark the 30th anniversary of Nirvana's Nevermind with a range of programs across TV and radio in September. Uh, This will include new documentaries on the album on BBC2 and Radio 4. And finally in the news, Kanye West has finally released Donda, his long-awaited upcoming album that was rumoured to release many times over the past few months. Uh, In an Instagram post, West claimed that his label, Universal Music Group, released the album without his permission and blocked Jail Part 2 from being on the album. Uh, Jail Part 2 was then added to the album around five hours after the album initially released. Uh, It's notable because Jail Part 2 is a redo of the track Jail, which in its initial form features uh, Francis and the Lights and Jay-Z, and in the Part 2 version it had Marilyn Manson and DaBaby, who've both notably been cancelled Marilyn Manson for being a human piece of garbage and DaBaby for uh, being homophobic on stage and then not apologising. Also, so I listened to the track and I'm going to jump in with an opinion here. Debaby does this verse about, like, oh, I've been cancelled and I'm going to work through it. And, like, he's never apologetic at all. It's like, <laughs> like just apologise. It wouldn't have been... Like obviously, what he said was wrong and bad. But if he had just apologized afterwards and been like, "Well, you can look at the facts and see what I said is clearly untrue," then it wouldn't. It, it would have been a blow. But people, people would have been accepting of it. Him making a mistake in the moment. But the fact that he's doubled down on it is the only reason that he's had any of these issues. Like he's just being an idiot. You don't
2: need to work through it if you just apologize and accept that you were wrong.
1: Yeah, before the the track release, people were like, "Oh, Kanye's maybe trying to like rehabilitate these people's images or help them like find peace with what's happened." No, he's just just being the same person. Also, notably, to get back to the, the news and off of my thoughts, uh, Soldier Boy is unhappy uh, because his verse didn't make it onto the album. Uh, originally, he recorded a, a verse for the track "Remote Control." uh on the final version young thug is featured instead so that does it for the news
2: i just want to say that it's it's funny to me that like donda releasing is <laughs> in this show it doesn't even come under the like upcoming releases thing or you know it it's like it's enough to have its own news section like because it's such a sporadic and long awaited thing that we have our own news section.
1: The thing is, I kept seeing it come up to be an upcoming release and I said no. <laughs> I refuse because it's not gonna come out. <laughs> I know.
2: You're a very sensible person.
1: And I I have I'd say there's maybe a forty percent chance that Kanye takes it down again and does something and then reuploads it. Yeah, I think so. Didn't like keep changing Pablo for like five months after we uploaded it. This one would probably just gone yeah. for five years. And this album's a lot longer. It's like an hour and forty or fifty minutes. There's also, so long.
0: This claim. This claim is made that Universal released the album without his permission. What? The, the, how? What?
1: Well, uh, a, a source from Universal that I I read in an article had basically said that's not the case. And it seems like that wouldn't be the case. Why would they just release it? It seems very weird because there's like there's a process for these things anyway. Because
0: like. Even for Kanye West, who like does things in Kanye land and, you know, where King Kanye is dictator and has complete control over everything. Um, Even then, like you've got to have the masters ready to go and like send them to Spotify. Do you really need to make any more changes at this point? And isn't it like just a deadline where we say, right, you're not changing it after that point? maybe that's me like being you know far too prepared and far too you know strategic
1: and and uh just sensible but i don't know yeah you would think if universal were going to do anything they'd plan it so they had like they'd have build up to it right where they have marketing beats and then they release the album oh they've had that. it wouldn't Everybody's been talking about it for weeks now. That's the thing.
0: So they've had that already. So it was just a time of whenever they wanted to, really.
2: This unregulated hype.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. Even today, like, you know, I do not know of any other albums that have come out where one artist has had beef for not being featured on it in the end. Which is a bit of a strange situation to be in in the first place. And then goes on a Twitter rant about it, and then freaking Vanity Fair are writing articles about this rapper that wasn't featured on an album. This is 2021, folks. This is this is this is hyper reality. We've entered hyper reality.
2: This could only have happened on a Kanye album. This is the thing, and uh, this is the expectation.
1: I mean, we're building up to the Drake album now, aren't we? Oh, Certified Lover Boy is coming, no. and Kanye's got beef. <laughs> what if he does two in one like you know this is just one album and then we get another one in like
0: I don't know three months time and it breaks the internet I can't see that happening
2: Tom I sound like you've been spending too much time on discussion forums on Reddit (laughs)
0: time to get some fresh air Tom can I say I've walked into this today and gone oh Kanye West is releasing an album I just I don't understand the world of rappers I don't understand any of this at all but
2: you're quite accurate
1: it seems as though my guesses are not far away from the truth (laughs)
2: No, pretty bang on.
1: Right, let's get on to our big topic of the week and off of Kanye. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about road trip music. Uh, songs for the highway, or as we're in the UK, the motorway, which doesn't sound as romantic, right? Songs for the A303. Songs for the A30. <laughs> I don't know what that stretch of road is. <laughs> the A30 is the one that goes to Cornwall, starts an Exeter. Well, that's why I don't know it. Um, the A14, I know, which is like the circular around Cambridge. Music for the B3045. Brian Let's do Eno's, that.
2: like, secret album. I,
1: don't... <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we could do something like that. You know how um, when they were releasing that game Dark Void, they did Dark Void Zero and they, they were like, oh, it's a forgotten NES game, but actually they just made it quickly to hype up the big game they were releasing. <laughs> we, oh, look at this Lost Brian Eno record we found. We'll just, like, pour some coffee on, on the uh, vinyl sleeve. <laughs> right, what songs are we putting on our road trip playlist? Everyone? I had some notes just for... I've got some strong opinions
0: about these kind of things anyway. I literally have a whole playlist of road trip songs with, like, a 100 playlists on them. Uh, 100 playlists, 100 songs. Um, Playlistception. A playlist in, in a playlist. playlist. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's not much to it. It's just got to be singable, and it's got to be easy listening, and it's also got to be, well, I was going to try and pronounce a font, but I don't know if I really can, really. It's got to be bobbable, all right? You've got to be able to just sway to it as you're going along. It's got to be fairly relaxed. Not necessarily summery, but, you know, you're rolling on the road. It's, the track's got to roll as well.
2: What does bobbable mean, Tom? I'm dying just here. It's bobbable.
0: You can bob along. You can bob along. Bob it's great. Along. Bob along, bob along. It's bobable.
2: Like an empty Muller corner stuck in a sort of river somewhere, going against a weir.
0: I sense we're getting distracted, so I'm going to go back to. Here, here's the songs that I recommend. Here's here's the songs I recommend. Here's the songs That's I recommend. That's really specific, yes. Um, I could have picked any number of songs for this. I've picked it. Out, I've picked out three in particular because they represent the. Things that I wanted. Um, Tiny Dancer by Elton John. Anybody who's watched the film Almost Famous will know this was the song that the band uh listened to as they were traveling on the road after everybody had fallen out and it was a song that just brought them back together and they all started singing the song together and everyone was really happy and gooey after they'd all fallen out of the last gig really really sweet and cute um that's not necessarily the same feeling i always get when i uh put it on in the car i don't expect the people in the car have fallen out but certainly i want them to all to be singing along uh at the end i agree autobahn autobahn by Kraftwerk. um this is a little bit out there, and also probably quite an obvious one. It's literally a song called Motorbike by a song called and by a band called Power Station. But yeah, it's just good. Just throw it on, and like 10 minutes will pass, and you'll have a great time. There's nothing more to it than that. I love craft work, I don't know why. It's weird and it's stupid and it's uh completely nuts, but I love it. Uh, the other one, which is a lot more special to me, and I always, always, always start. Um, road trips with this everything's packed you're in the car you start the engine you pull out the driveway bam start playing you get what you give by the new radicals uh i do not think that there is a better way to, to to start a road trip and say right for as long as we're on the road i don't care about life now i'm just gonna soak up the miles and get to where i'm going
2: I think Tiny is a great choice and it makes me more annoyed at Ed Sheeran because he's kind of ruined that for me because in like Castle on the Hill he mentioned singing to Tiny Dancer in the car and now I just thought, I don't want to live out an Ed Sheeran song. Where did, he,
0: where did he... Was that in Castle on the Hill? I don't remember that um, lyric. I think so. Let's see what
1: Genius.com says. While that's happening, <laughs> um, I guess I, I maybe have uh, slightly different choices. Generally I like kind of slightly folky rock-type tracks, um, some modern stuff that I'd kind of put into this category. Obviously, that's not particularly concrete or specific, but, like, like things with kind of a strong driving beat that's reasonably steady, if that makes sense. So, tracks like J Station by Adult Mom, I've talked quite a lot about Adult Mom on the show in the past, you can go back and listen to that. Um, This Time by Land of Talks, another one, um, Land of Talk's a Canadian band, uh, their lead singer was in Broken Social Scene for a while around the early 2010s, I think, um, but this time just kind of, like, tracks along with this, like, strong drum beat, it, it's kind of like the midpoint between, like, upbeat and slow, if that makes sense, where everything's kind of pushing forward, but just not quite too much to make you want to speed. (laughs) um and then finally in in kind of this category a newer track um carrying on by the band mini trees uh or the artist mini trees i think she might be solo um off of their upcoming album always in motion uh, that's coming out in a couple of weeks time on run for cover uh is another one maybe slightly more upbeat but kind of in that vein um it's quite hard to describe in words, but if you go and listen to those tracks, I think you'll start to hear kind of the common elements. So that that's kind of how I frame my road trip playlists normally. And then I'll throw in some kind of old classics as well. Tom Petty. You have to have some Tom Petty on your road trip nice. playlist, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, like Neil Young or Fairport Convention. Like, It's still in the same vein. They're just kind of older artists like Folk Elements, Rock Beats some of the time, kind of feeling like you're going on a journey or being told a story, stuff like that.
3: I personally am a sucker for like oldies rock and just oldies in general, like seventies, eighties music on a road trip. Um, The one I put here is Leonard Skinner's um, album, Second Helping, which has Sweet Home Alabama in it. Uh, I think that's a pretty obvious choice, but yeah, just like those classic, classic songs that we all know and love. Um, because I, I don't drive much myself. I'm generally on the train. Well, I don't drive at all. <laughs> I'm generally on the train and sometimes the bus. Um, and I generally listen to like new music. Um, but if I'm going back to like a, back to a genre of music, it would be that. But one other album I put on the list here is Audio Slaves' self-titled album. It's, it's not really much to do with how it feels in the moment. It's just that when I was younger, I just listened to that... <laughs> a lot on road trips and it just like, has a special place in my heart and it's just a generally just a great album that i can listen to over and over again um there is a track on there called getaway car so if you want that link it's there but yeah let us get a great a great road trip
1: let's hope and your car doesn't run like a stone
3: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Nice one. Oh right, moving gosh, on. No.
2: Um, <laughs> I agree with James on the uh, 70s rock. I know it might seem like kind of an obvious choice, but I feel like it just suits it so well. Um, and also, I feel like in general, when thinking about road trip music, like it, it changes how I would normally choose music because I'm usually in a car with other people. And so I'm not just choosing it for myself. I'm choosing it for a group. And sometimes I don't know what that group's music taste is. So I feel like it definitely influences what I put on then. I generally put on a bit more well-known stuff because you know I want everyone to enjoy it. Um taking requests as well, I think, is a good thing to do in the car. You get everybody, you know, everybody is a group enjoying themselves. It's it's a good vibe.
1: It's important to take requests so that you can maintain control.
2: Yes. Only so you allow a small amount of requests to give the illusion that you're including other people, but you keep control you of the You make phone. concessions.
0: Yeah. You make it look like a democracy, but actually... <laughs>
2: so yeah, I think just a few artists that in general, I think, are good for this is like Allman Brothers Band, Creedence Clearwater Revival, obviously like Fortunate Son, just a classic to play. Um, Fleetwood Mac, I think, is like one of the... Um, I've always thought that like Fleetwood Mac are kind of just like one of the artists that I feel the most people in the world would like If if I had to choose someone that the most... People possible would enjoy. Um, I'd go to Fleetwood Mac. We actually listened to. It. I was on hard day last week. Uh, hence why I wasn't on the show. We listened to um, Rumours on the way there in the car, and um, yeah, it was pretty great. Cool mm. Actually, it was a good choice. I know it's a classic. And good album. I'm not, you know, suggesting anything new there, but it was it was good. Um, it
1: is hard to think of anyone who wouldn't enjoy Rumours. Like, what does that person look like?
2: Yeah, like everyone from like you know, real niche like indie music nerds to someone who's never listened to anything that's not on the radio would enjoy it it's just an album for everyone which is great Um, i'm trying to think
0: of someone really miserable and soulless (laughs) in the public eye piers morgan he probably wouldn't like it
2: yeah okay let's go with that
1: yeah but it's only going to be people like that who like get joy out of disagreeing with people Right. No one, no one's going to outwardly be like, I actually don't like it. It's people who, you know. Yeah.
2: If I'm ever in a car with Piers Morgan, I've got bigger problems to worry about than the music anyway. So <laughs> hopefully that'll be a, not a problem.
1: What's the easiest way to push him out the door? Hmm. Yeah, I was going to say your biggest issue is how do you get rid of the body? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I put a few songs on our list, um, specific ones. And all of these I sort of realised after I put them I actually do have like... Journey-related lyrics, which, you know, is obviously something I was thinking about subconsciously. Radar Love by Golden Earring. I don't know if you guys know this song, but it's just a really great driving beat, like you said, Will. Um, I don't even know how, I think I just know it because like, my parents like this song. I'm not, I've not heard anything else in this band, but um, it's just a great like rock song with this bass line that goes along and good like drum sailors at the end and trumpets coming in and it talks about driving. So it's just, you know, instant win. Um, Going up the Country by Heat, another classic kind of I feel like specifically American road trip, um song that most people will probably know, and again suitable lyrics. Graceland by Paul Simon as well. The album generally is great for that. Um, the song Graceland, or like You Can Call Me Al, everyone also loves. So that's another good choice. But Graceland specifically was about um or kind of like inspired by him actually driving down to um Memphis like along the river. Um, the lyrics kind of mention it, and the song was like written about, about that experience. So, again, appropriate. And then, like, I got a bit of a, a curveball choice. I've got written down here "Old Town Road" by Lil Nas X, and I want to explain. But when I went on holiday to the US a couple of years back, um, that I've told you guys about before, um, we were yeah, I was on it was a road trip, you know, tour. It was like down in a mini bus going around different states and cities and things, and. Someone we we all sort of took control over the um the orcs, so to speak. And Old Town Road ended up being like a perfect summary of the trip, musically, because there was like 14 of us or something. It's obviously gonna be quite a lot of different music choices. And this was at the time that Old Town Road was like a really popular song. Um so we had people who were like some of them are really die-hard um hip-hop fans. So that was like, you know, quite a it was like fairly extreme music taste compared to maybe the whole group. Um but we're also going through towns that had like that were like abandoned in middle of Arizona with donkeys running wild through them. So like it just like accidentally captured the atmosphere really well and just became this great juxtaposition, but kinda of, like cheesy and funny as well. So whenever I hear that song now, I actually do think about like driving down the old roads there in the desert and stuff, which is so it's like for me, maybe a bit more personal. That's like one of my road trip songs.
1: Thinking back to times when I've been in like a bus, like, travelling for hockey things. Um, block parties, sophomore record, A Weekend in the City actually comes to mind. I feel like like Late Night Driving, that one fits quite well. Songs like Waiting for the 718. It's kind of fit the atmosphere. There oh, are driving albums,
0: aren't there? I think it's probably more of a personal thing than anything else, but, well, maybe not even driving, but certainly being on the road. John Mayer's second album. Again, John Mayer, there's your bingo card for the day, folks. Um... His second album, Heavier Things, is one that I always associate with coach trips for whatever reason, just sitting down and looking at the window and just musing until I get to where I'm going to. Um, It's just one that I can easily put on and just keep playing basically on repeat until I get there.
2: I think nighttime driving music, weirdly, I would like, is quite different to me when I'm planning. I don't know if it's just like to me, daytime road trips and nighttime road trips would have quite a different thing. I feel like I have to choose quite different... Mm. Um, a selection
0: I, driving well being on the road is a primary activity for me not necessarily the time of day
2: interesting so
0: that that takes priority just like this this is an experience this is, this is what I'm interested in right now day and night plays a bit of a role I might skip a few songs during the night depending on how I'm feeling but
2: I probably take the context into a bit more like consideration and I, I think I if I if I'm going somewhere like quite far from home like a you know different specific area or different country even. Um, I will try and like incorporate music from that area. At least not like not all the time, but just every now and then it's kinda nice to get into the zone of like the local place that you're at. If you're actually driving in a different country, sometimes I quite like just turning the radio on, even if it's like even if it's a different language I can't even understand. It. It's just nice to get that local vibe and to hear the music that's like part of the culture at that moment in time.
1: We spent a while on this segment now. But really, we should have just said Top Gear's driving anthems and been done with it, right? That's the one album you need. (laughs) There's probably four CDs in (laughs) there.
3: It's Jessica on there because if so, then yeah, I
0: agree. Yeah, I think there's more to it than that, though. Like you know, it's a good entry point, but there's there's nuance,
1: there's there's extra layers. Also, I'm shocked that no one's mentioned uh, John Denver yet. That's true. I was sure that someone was going to bring it up other than it's me. It's too easy. But.
0: The thing is, it's not even that good a... It's not even that good a driving song, I'd argue. It's good for, like, you know, singing when you're very, very drunk. It's not really good... That means it's not very good for being in the car, I would have thought. <laughs>
2: you can be a drunk passenger. Generally, drink
0: and driving don't go together, you know, from experience.
2: Also, Will, if you like folky stuff... Um, I don't know if this would be your sort of thing, but Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the film... Its soundtrack is quite good for this, I think, because it's centred around... I mean, the whole film's kind of centred around, like, travelling. So there's a lot of montage travelling scenes and stuff that has, like, quite rousing kind of soundtrack to it, which I think is, um... <laughs> That's, like, kind of a personal favourite of me, that film, to be honest. And I think some of those are pretty um apt for it. Maybe, like, a little cheesy, but... I'm having a look
1: at the the soundtrack now. Rogue Wave. Oh, Lake Michigan's a great song. Uh more rogue wave happy with that david bowie heroes by david bowie is a great road trip song yeah yep and lots of jose gonzalez yeah yeah good good soundtrack that just brings me back to oh god
0: um, perks of being a wallflower man that was a teenage film for me that was a really good film oh sorry i'm getting memories now (laughs) it's a good book too yes i have not read the book actually i saw the film didn't read the book in the end
2: i haven't seen the film i've read the book so i didn't get any music with it but it was good
3: i'm looking at top gear full throttle um album now and i think i'll i think i'll leave this one to someone else is yeah there's some okay songs on there but there's some really like mainstream read my mind by the killers i can go without that i think
2: killers i think overall are quite a good one I, I think. They're not really what I would probably put on myself, but I think they are quite suitable.
1: So yeah, what about Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, anyone?
2: A
0: tra- classic song. road trip
1: song. I've talked song. about that entire album. To be fair, yep.
0: that's actually a very good... That's quite a thoughtful road trip, but it would be very good.
2: Very pensive.
3: I can trip. imagine all the, all the passengers with like their hand on their chin, like... <laughs> <very interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> People are just looking out the window
1: thoughtfully. I do that that generally on road trips anyway. (laughs) Right, we don't have a review this week uh, but we do have a list of the upcoming releases you need to know about. First up, Low has a new album coming out. It's called Hey What? Uh, They're a long-running band. Their last album was called Double Negative. Uh, It was highly critically acclaimed. Uh, Early reviews are, are saying the same for this one. I really tried to get into them but it's just never really happened. Uh, next up, Slaybells, the noise rock band uh, that famously I put on my festival uh, stage when we were planning our festival in a previous episode, uh, are releasing a new album. It's called Texas, T E X I S. I don't know if that's a, a pun po- on Texas, or Texas. Yeah, but what's the pun? I don't get it. I don't Texies. Know. Texies. Texas, Texas, Texas.
3: Ta- taxis and Texas. Taxis taxis. Texas. Tetris?
1: So Sleigh bells new album is is out this week. Um, yeah, I'm interested to hear what they've got. Next up, Park High Jin is releasing her debut album. It's called Before I Die. Uh she is a an electronic music producer. Her stuff's it it's like house music, but it's it's quite stripped back at the instrumentation, and then the vocals are quite... They actually remind me a lot of, like, 90s British music, in the way that they're delivered, in a, in a sense. Like, it's quite, like, matter-of-fact, I guess. Um,
3: we talked a bit about her before on Podcast, I believe. But, yeah, I really do like her music as well.
1: Next up, Scottish band. We were promised Jetpacks have a new album coming out. It's called Enjoy the View... If you like Scottish accents in music, they have very strong (laughs) Scottish accents. Next up, Electronic Duo Soccer96 have a new record coming out. It's called Dopamine. I've liked a few of their tracks, which is why they get a shout out here, but I haven't really enjoyed any of their albums as a whole. But I'll give this one a go and see if I like it. Uh, the one track I really like from them is called Mega Drive Lamborghini. Mega Drive Lamborghini? I need to hear this right now. <laughs> and came out back in 2016. It's maybe not as exciting as you might be thinking, Tom, but yeah, it's a great track. I don't care. Next up, Machine Drum has a new EP coming out. It's called Syconia. Uh It's the follow-up to his album from last year. Uh, even the album art is kind of in the same style. Uh, And the singles kind of sound like more of the same. He's kind of like popped up his sound, I guess. It's got like lots of kind of late 70s and 80s pop influences in it uh, compared to some of his earlier stuff, which was more kind of industrial or taking from early jungle. So this is maybe a good entry point into his music if if it's maybe something you might be interested in but aren't quite ready for the more intense stuff that, that he did earlier. And then finally, I put this one on for Jess. King Krul has a live album coming out. You heat me up, you call me down. Oh yeah. And that is all of the upcoming releases. Well, wait a minute, Well, Well, wait
0: a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, how could you forget? By the time we go back on air next week, Kanye would have released his fourth re-release of Donda by then, (laughs) surely?
1: There may well be another version of Donda out by the time this releases. It could but... be another six, who Releasing knows? Maybe next
2: week, Yandy is out. <laughs> the much rumored.
1: Or TurboGrafx 16. That He was going to call it that at one point, right? <laughs> Maybe he just gives up and like remasters 808s and heart- Heartbreaks. It, it would be funny if he did another version of The Life of Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> He'd like, change some of the verses, change Wolves again.
2: Well, on that note.
1: <laughs> on that note.
2: On that bombshell, since you've been talking about Top Gear. Oh
3: okay. <laughs> Stop!
1: This this is the end. So thanks for listening. Tom's just said this is the end, so I guess we have to to close up. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. You can tweet at us at Unmuted Weekly. You can also follow us there to get future updates. Or you can email us at unmutedunmastered We will be back every Monday for new episodes. I did actually see I was in a CEX the other day, and um, I saw an interactive DVD, and it was like Top Gear Driving Challenge or something. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) With Richard Hammond. Wow
2: you didn't buy it Oh. <laughs> why did
3: you
1: I don't have a DVD player
2: <laughs> I yeah, that's the valid excuse
0: how does that work interactive DVD I remember one of the old challenge DVDs they had like a multicam for one of the hot laps they did on the track that was great doing that as a kid but apart from that there was one for Robot Wars I seem to remember as well like just one series of Robot Wars and they had like as one of the bonus features just yeah be the um, TV director choose what camera we look at at, at any given point that was amazing <laughs>
1: spent hours on that thing the time of interactive DVDs really was a treasure like <laughs> who thought that would be a good way to introduce people to gaming? It's always like
2: the second delay and you sort of hear this like arr, arr, and then it will st- gradually starts moving again <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm looking at uh, Top Gear the ultimate driving experience uh, I, it doesn't have a track list for it but I can see the front cover it's it's boasting it's got razor light it's got wow. Oasis.
2: Of course, it's got Oasis. It's got
1: the coral. Mm. It's got Groove Armada. That's a bit of an odd
0: one. This is dating it so hard to 2005. I don't even need to look at it. This is brilliant. I'm
1: going to try and find a date for you.
3: I'm looking at a playlist on Made of It. There's Run by Snow Patrol as well. Yep.
2: So, right. Road trip, all the four of us to go watch the Abba thing in London, right?
3: Agreed. Yeah, sure. Who's driving?